0: well god help us all let's talk about predators avalanche game one today on the locked on predators podcast
1: your locked on predators your daily podcast on the nashville predators part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com. Heaven is a lie and God is dead. And I have a partner in crime.
1: You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at (laughs) OnTheForeCheck.com. Well. What the flag,
0: Nog? Who wants to start? Who wants to tee us off?
1: Oh, yeah. All right. Do we want to do our one word?
0: Yeah. So Predators, you're, if you're listening, you know what happened. Predators lose 7-2 in game one of the Colorado Avalanche. They gave up five goals in the first, what was it, Six sixteen minutes in the 16 minutes of the game? Five goals? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and what what's your one word to describe this game?
1: Oh, there are just so stinking many of them, but I really put some thought into this. And, you know, I'm Swedish. I grew up in a predominantly Swedish community, Swedish relatives. And there is a story that I grew up knowing, and it absolutely sums up what happened with the Nashville Predators last night. So my great granddad, his name was Ludvik. So Lud was drinking a beer in his garage, as my people are want to do. And his friend Lars came over, and they were sitting in the garage chit-chatting and this was of course a long long time ago and Lud asked Lars, "Hey, you know, how's Helga doing, his wife? You know what what's she up to?" And Lars got this look on his face and he said, "Oh, Jesus, I left her in Varen." Lars had dropped Helga off at the grocery store, ran some errands and then went and grabbed a beer with my great-granddad and left Helga in Warren. <laughs> <laughs> so he quickly, you know, had to get the horse and buggy ready and go back and get her. But I'm telling you, when I look at what happened last night, all I can say is, yes, sis, they left it in Warren. Like, where was the Predators game? So what, bad.
0: Was Ludwig a metaphor for uh, Matthias Eckholm? And was Helga a metaphor for any sort of defense?
1: <laughs> I mean, seriously. There was, there was, it was just so bad. Y'all, it was so bad. It was so bad. They left their entire game. They brought nothing. They left the whole thing in Varen. It was terrible. I don't know what Varen
0: is, but I'm I'm sure the Preds game is there somewhere. And my one word is Captain Morgan. uh, Because (laughs) this is... This is how I feel talking about the game. This is how I felt watching the game last night. So cheers to you, Nashville Predators.
1: Oh, yeah. Now take one for me because that was brutal.
0: I mean, it is a work day, so maybe
1: I should should stop at one. All right. At five, take one for me.
0: uh, Yeah. Uh, They give up seven more goals. I'll take one for you.
1: What in the world?
0: Here's the thing. Um, and as you and I talked about before the show, really since the end of the first period, I had been like kind of planning in my head what I wanted to say about mm-hmm. this game. Um, and I still don't really have, I think, the right words mm-hmm. for it. I will say this I get that after a loss like this it is kind of nature and you see it on Twitter, you see it on social media. Uh, you've seen it by me taking a shot of this. Um, everybody kind of goes to the worst possible reaction scenario. Yes. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the word right responded, it, but it's like, you know, it, it, a loss like this in the sky is, is suddenly falling in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is our job as journalists, commentators, whatever you want to call us. Um, we kind of have to sort through the extremism. Mm-hmm. And we kind of got to go, okay, here's what worked, here's what didn't work. We have to take it at face value. Um, I can say without no, and I, I'll state this by saying, you know, if you've listened to us this year, if you followed me and Anna on the four check and seen our work, we're not reactionary people. Hmm. Um, we, you know, we like to have fun. We like to, you know, kind of make self depreciating jokes about the Preds, all that good stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I hope you see that we're able to kind of look at things logically. I hope you think, hope you guys can see that we're looking at things through like an objective lens, so to speak. I say this with all that in mind. I don't see how the Nashville Predators recover from this. Mm. This is the worst effort. Not necessarily game, result, whatever. This is the worst effort I have seen from the Nashville Predators in. I honestly couldn't tell you how long. Mm-mm and I've been watching this team since that very first game against the Florida Panthers on October 10th, 1998. Yep. Um, I, I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened. And it's one of those things where it's not the loss. It's not the result that is like the worrisome part to me absolutely it is how they looked during the game it is the fact that they looked this is you know in if you're a college football fan you know like those week two week three games where you have like alabama taking on like like i don't know like
1: Dunk state yeah,
0: prairie view AM and m or like yeah. one of those like you know schools that are just there to get a paycheck and it's like you know it, it, it looks like a peewee team going against, you know, a pro team. That's what this looked like. Yes. And, you know, I know there's a lot of big brain people. There's a lot of people who, you know, like to sound smart online, commentators and stuff like that, that are pointing to this. And it's like, well, <laughs> saw this one coming. Is anybody surprised? <laughs> the Predators beat the avalanche less than a week ago Mm -hmm. with this same lineup in what was a very, very good effort game from the Nashville Predators. And here's the thing. There's going to be bad games. We, We talk about this all season long. We know that there's going to be bad games, but here's, here's the thing. Game one of the Stanley cup playoffs going against a division rival, going against a division rival no one thinks you have a chance against. And the fact that the Predators couldn't get up for the game, that's not only concerning, that's damning. Yes. That is damning about the state of this team right now, that you can't get up for a game in which you know you are going to be under the microscope.
1: Yeah, there was no urgency in this game there was no intensity in this game the nashville predators got sucker punched and you know in in the night as i was thinking about this you know processing through the game and you know taking care of some stats and this and that all i could picture was that you know that iconic picture of muhammad ali where he's standing over and i don't even know who he was fighting i should have looked it up but that joe frazier was was it joe frazier Joe Fraser, Buster, I, I,
0: boy, I can't I remember. Now that you say that, I, I can't, I can't say with certainty.
1: I know. I was like, I don't know. So if you know it, tweet it to us. But that is exactly what this game was. I mean, the Nashville Predators got punched in the mouth and could not get off the mat. And there's a million excuses, reasons. You know, we we can and we will go ahead and break it down. You know, and and look at it, but. Yeah can't wait. It's going to be so fun. But what ultimately matters is that this team did not show up mentally. They did not show up with their game. They just didn't show up. And I was hopeful because this is the same thing that happened in the second and third period with the Arizona game. And I thought, you know what, we tend to learn from our mistakes This was the worst Predators hockey that I have ever seen, hands down.
0: And I think it's, it's, you know, when we say it's like the worst effort, it wins the worst hockey, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, keep in mind, everything requires context. And the fact that it was game Mm -hmm. one of the playoffs, I think adds to that. Now, I'm sure people. Oh, it's
1: so damning.
0: Even the St. Louis game where they gave up um, seven goals in a period, uh, everybody's pointing that, it and it's like, well, actually, this was the the worst, you mm-hmm. know, period of hockey in history. Yeah, but that was a regular season game on the second night of a back to back, towards this, the end of the season. Yeah, the end of the season. Um, you know, the Red Wings. You know, remember they they gave up five goals to the Preds in that famous eight nothing game, and went on to win or went on to get to the Stanley Cup Finals these things happen mm-hmm. the fact that this is in the playoffs when everything's amplified when everything you do is under the microscope um it's it's telling to me that this team was not ready to play last night and no. you know we're, we're going to talk more in, in a moment you know kind of about specifics and stuff like that um because we're, we're going to talk about david riddick We're going to David Riddick, but I think it's important to note that we are including every person on the team. Amen. Maybe with the exception of Matt Duchesne. Okay. Uh, But this is, yeah, I know you're going to be heartbroken
1: about that. No, Uh, but I, yeah, but we'll get into that because even Matt Duchesne lapses. Yeah. You know, we'll get into that. And and that's, that's
0: the important thing here is no one's going to be singled out. Um, There are some aspects, some people we're going to talk about, but no one's going to get singled out. Uh, The goaltending was bad. The defense in front of the goaltending was bad. The the offense looked so disjointed that I don't know how they had two players with 40 plus goals this season. Um, And you know what? we love John Hines. We've talked about how much of an improvement he's made on the Preds this year. John Hines is bad, has been bad. Like, I mean, some of the coaching decisions he made some of the mindset the team is going in. um, And we're going to talk about a little bit why in a second, but everybody is bad. Mm -hmm. Nobody was immune from criticism from last night, neither the players nor the coaching. And we're going to talk a little bit, you know, specifics, why, you know, why we think John Hines is a little bit to blame. What's wrong with the goaltending? What was wrong with the defense? We're going to break it down for you uh, a little bit more in depth in just a second. Before we do, though, want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever increasing number of makes and models on the road, it's now pretty much impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure all the pointless or intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? You know, all that dumb stuff body shops like to do. Uh, Instead, you can do everything from the comfort of your own home. You have computers with access to rockauto.com. You save time and money when using Rock Auto, so why would you spend 30, 50, or even 100% more from the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a honda odyssey fuel pump is 353 dollars from any chain store if you go on rockauto.com that same part is $216. This isn't a scan, this isn't anything shady. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you could ever need. They have brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet or upholstery. So if there's anything you need for your car, any sort of thing, go to rockauto.com, scan their website to find all of the auto parts you need, in fact here's an offer for you go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available and write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so we're breaking things down and uh oh yeah a little bit more in depth from the predators seven to two loss last night god it hurts even saying that out loud Oh, yeah. Um, There's a lot to get to. The big story, I think, going in was goaltending. Obviously, UC Saros not available for games one and two. Um, You know, the the question was, are they going to go with David Riddick, who was, you know, the backup all season long, a little shaky. Let me track that back. A lot of shaky at points this year. Mm -hmm. Um, At The other end of the spectrum was Connor Ingram, who – you know, has played a lot in Milwaukee, not a lot of NHL experience. That was the big debate. Um, Riddick starts, gets pulled after five goals in the first period. Um, It didn't look good at any point. And there's, there's, I think you can maybe say two of those goals that, you know, maybe the result of breakdowns in front of them. Um but that is that is still a very, very, very bad performance from him. Um yeah,
1: for sure. Uh Adam uh Vinian, who works for the athletic, pulled a stat and I wanted to share it. David Riddick surrendered five goals on 0.87 expected goals last night, according to sports logic. <sighs> five goals on 0.87 expected goals. And again, defense in front of him was trash. They were terrible. This is the worst defensive game I've seen from the Nashville Predators all season. But there were a couple of goals, uh, the uh, Taves goal and Cogliano's goal, where I felt like, you know what? Those are ones you got to make. Like, yep, you got screwed, but those are saves you've got to be able to make. So it was not a great night in net for David Riddick.
0: He's very frustrated. You see him like walking down the tunnel, mm-hmm. slamming a stick repeatedly against the wall. You feel for him. Because again, we've yeah. said this a bunch. You know, we love David Riddick as a person. Love him. Uh, as a goaltender, he's been a liability for the Preds this season. On the other end of that spectrum, Connor Ingram comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the last time we saw Connor Ingram was the, the 4-0 blown lead uh, against the Arizona Coyotes so I think a lot of people that was kind of their last memory of him even though he's had a fantastic season in the AHL mm-hmm. this year it had been fantastic when he was called up earlier this season um, steps in and actually has a really 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 good performance in net the rest of the way um, as a lot of people were pointing out uh, the Avs actually had more, they were generating more offense as the game went on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they took their foot off the gas, and Ingram benefited from that. Uh, they actually got better chances as the game went on, and Ingram was there to kind of close the door. And really, the only two goals he let in uh, one was the fluke play where, um, you know, I think it was Borowiecki accidentally yeah. in his own net. Um, yes. And the other was just a, a brilliant deflection in front of the net that, um, you know, Ingram had no chance at. Yep. So there, there's got to be no doubt Ingram starts game two, right? Like there's got to be no doubt. He's got to be the guy.
1: Do you think so? There's no doubt. You have no doubt that that's what's going to happen. Okay. Let me let
0: me rephrase that. There's no <laughs> doubt that's what should happen. There you go. Here's there you go. Out. That's what should happen. Um, whether that will happen. I guess yeah. maybe, the, maybe this transitions us into the coaching part of this.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like Connor Ingram, like you said, he came in and I was so impressed with him in the sense that he came into, I mean, he just walked into the burning building and stayed very calm and collected. And like you said, the goals that he let in, Um, One was the flute goal. One was just a brilliant shot. Um, So I feel like his performance in that was as solid as it could be with the defense he had in front of him. And I think he's made a good argument for why he should start game two. I don't know. I cannot say with confidence that that is what's going to happen. And that is... That is a hitch in the giddy up for me. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of John Hines. I feel like he has done amazing things with this team. But the way that this game played out and the way that we are are wondering who's going to get the start, <laughs> you know, oh,
0: uh, it, yeah. it doesn't
1: feel great. It doesn't feel great.
0: The fact that that's even a question uh, is like, oh,
1: but it is. I mean, yeah. am I wrong to say I w- I, well, would I not? I mean, I mean, you
0: know? he sounded very non-committal last yes. night when um, you know I can't remember who asked, but you know he was kind of asked. And he was he was basically said something that kind of uh, mm-hmm. went you know amounted to you know we're going to evaluate, um, and there is question you know if you sort of see the the responses on Twitter. Um, You know, there is a lot of speculation based on what Hines has done this year that he might go, you know what? It's, it's still, it's still David Riddick. David Riddick is going to be our guy. Um, And if that's the case, if Riddick starts, we're going to kind of start about, you know, maybe what about isms here. If Riddick starts and he gets lit up again, Mm -hmm. John Hines goes from maybe being you know a very appreciated respected guy in nashville who had a great season to seriously under the microscope and that is going to be very very fair
1: yeah and i think one of the things that is so troubling is that you saw in this game unaddressed issues and when we did our crossover with the Colorado Avalanche folks you know we taught they asked us about the penalty situation we're like look John Hines is kind of like I mean he's not happy about it but he's a little bit laissez-faire about it you know he's kind of like you know well we play hard and this game started with a penalty two minutes in a dumb penalty a high stick penalty by Michael McCarron and the avalanche scored and 20 minutes later scored again and it was the ball was rolling and it's things like this that the nashville predators have shot themselves in the foot with and when you see it so glaringly bite them in the butt you have to take a minute and go why the hell are we at game one of round one in the postseason and the Nashville Predators are still doing dumb penalties that cost them games. I mean, we have been down this road. This is not new territory. This is, you know, the Predators are very familiar with that scenario. Why hasn't it been addressed?
0: We talk about it Effectively, Yeah, we've talked about it. Like it's Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where, you know, you talk to the John Hines, you talk to the players and the response is always, well, this is just a byproduct of the way we play like we are going to be aggressive. We are not going to change the way we play. You know, if we take penalties, we don't want to take penalties. We got to be careful. We can't cross that line, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to change the way we play to avoid taking penalties. But you better damn well do something right now because yeah. you are getting burned by the very thing we have been telling you for five months now that you're going to get burned on. What yeah. was our famous line? Whenever, you know, they would eke out a win against the Coyotes or Blackhawks or Canucks or whoever, we're like, yeah, you can get away with like eight penalties against, you know, a not as mm-hmm. good team. You can't get away with it against the likes of the Colorado Avalanche. And guess what? So. The Predators go into Colorado in the first round and they get lit up on the power play. Uh they yeah. gave up uh six six short-handed opportunities last night. Avs converted on two of them. And um yeah, I mean this is that's it's bad. And that's the other thing. It's not just like the fact that they you can score on a on a power play opportunity. It's not the fact that you're shorthanded and they're gonna get more offense. It kills the momentum of your game. A hundred percent. You can't get anything going if you're shorthanded. Because your style of play, you know, this physical, you know, kind of bruising for checking thing. You can't do that. If the other team has a power play opportunity. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the fact that you're shorthanded for two minutes or you have guys going on the box, you are killing your own gameplay. And the fact that this has kind of been, you know, I don't know what goes on in the Preds locker room. Maybe this is on the board. Maybe John Hines has been hammering it home, but with how candid he's been to the media in the past, the fact that this is kind of where he goes into coach speak and kind of gets annoyed at the questioning. Mm. This tells me that you're not learning.
1: Yeah. And John Hines was asked last night after the game post game. um, He was asked, you know, talking about things like the penalties is this something that all of a sudden at this point in the season, you can correct? And he answered the question. We'll take a listen. But let's take the first penalty. Is that avoidable? That, that, that's avoidable. Uh, Trenton's tripping penalty late in the game. Is that avoidable? You know, those are uh, Trenton's penalty at the net front when we horse collar a guy at
0: the net front. Those are those are penalties that those it, it, for example if you look at those situations can those be correctable absolutely other uh, things tactically that are correctable absolutely that's that that's what this is about it's hey we lost a game we lost big but you know there's there, there's a game two coming next and we got to be better that right there was the most he's
1: addressed it but why didn't he do that before game one yes. Yeah, and I understand that there is only so much he can coach if they don't execute what they're being coached. But how do you get to this point in the post? I mean, you get to the postseason. How are you still addressing dumb penalties that have been an issue all... Like, this didn't come out of nowhere. Like, this has been an issue all season long. And, you know, talking about tactical things, how... How is that not fully formed? You know, at this point, after 82 games, you know, how are you correcting big tactical things? And they're big things. These weren't little lapses by the Nashville Predators in the game last night. These were big issues, big problems, and You know, John Hines has his work cut out for him tactically as far as trying to find a way to get these players to execute better and more effectively. He has his work cut out for him getting this team mentally prepared to come back and face this Colorado Avalanche team tomorrow night. He has his work cut out for him. And this is his biggest test so far his entire tenure with the Nashville Predators. And it's it's a big ask. We'll have to see how he does. Um, Coming up, we've still got plenty to talk about. Oh, there's just so much more to talk about. We can't wait. Uh, We're going to continue breaking down the game and talk about what we think needs to be different. But first, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. Summer is coming. And with summer, you know you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family trips. You can throw them in your bag, throw them in your kid's backpack. Make sure that everybody you're with has a Built Bar so they can fuel up for their summer adventure. Best part about Built Bars is that they are healthy and they are delicious. There is no more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you really can have both. It's easy. All you have to do is go to built.com and you can order your Built Bars now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy, but you also feel like you're giving yourself a little treat. You can try the Built Bar Puffs. They are so popular. My kids love these. They come in some crazy flavors like banana cream pie, cinnamon churro, which is a huge favorite in my house. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like churro? And they are 140 calories. And if that's not enough flavor for you, you can try the mixed box. This mixed box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. We are a mixed box family. There is not one flavor that doesn't get devoured. They are all fantastic. They make something for everyone. Most built bars contain 130 calories calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, you're way ahead if you pick the built Bar. Go to Bilt.com and you can get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate. I love the Cherry Barcia. They have many, many more flavors. They're delicious and they are coming out with new flavors all the time. So go to Bilt.com often and check and see what's available. If you go to their website, again, Bilt.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com.
0: Uh, Should we take a break from the doom and gloom and talk about the one hilarious moment from last night's game? Sure. (laughs) Uh, uh, How about Matt Duchesne scoring two goals, each while rains of booze were coming down upon him? Uh, I
1: mean...
0: I mean, at that point, the Predators had no chance of being back in the game, but it was still funny. Like, every time, like... The the like the booing seemed to like reach up like to the maximum amount of like charged energy. Yes. Uh Duchesne would score and just completely deflate the building.
1: It was the hockey middle finger that we all love to see. You know, his second goal, they were chanting, Duchesne sucks. And he scored on Darcy Kemper. So, you know, I delighted in that. It was very hard to find delight, but um, you know, and Matt Duchesne was very gracious afterward when he was asked about that. And You know, I know some people on Twitter were, like, real offended by this. But, look, we are a crowd that chants, you suck. It's all your fault. Like, we people in glass houses, don't throw stones. Look, the Colorado Avalanche fans have a great team. They have um, a lot of expectation. They have a lot of enthusiasm. And, look, I don't think it bothered Matt Duchesne a whole hell of a lot. So, you know what? Go for it. Have fun. Whatever.
0: It, it was hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I know Preds fans are a little bit mad about that, but a little salty. I mean, but yeah, I mean, this is a this is a team that still boos Ryan Suter. Whatever. He's now, <laughs> Seriously, now, it's now been ten full years. Um, do you remember last year when uh, Eric Howla was booed in Carolina every time he touched yes. the puck He played like yes. two career games for them.
1: Yes. So good. Uh,
0: yeah, it was like it was like the that I think is still the peak level of wow, you're still petty about this.
1: Yes. That is that is hockey small in, in a big way. But yeah, the the Duchene thing, like, hey, you know what? It is what it is. And and you know what? That was not the problem. No. So let you know what? If I was the Colorado Avalanche and my team scored seven goals and made the other team look like fools, I too would be cheering. So go for it yeah why not uh
0: so we have a game two tomorrow night and here's a here's a a question that can open a whole can of worms Uh, what in god's name do the predators do to avoid that happening tomorrow
1: Hopefully. This is my hope. And, and my hope right now is small, but this is the little hope that I have. I think part of the problem for the Predators is that they came into this game not able to kind of manage the emotion of the playoffs. And that goes for veterans and you know, younger players. And one of the things we heard in, in a lot of the post game is, well, you know, we've got these, this is a young team and they don't have a lot of playoff experience. Philip Tomasino's the only one that's not been in a playoff game.
0: And Connor Ingram.
1: And Connor Ingram. He didn't start, but, and Connor Ingram. And Connor Ingram and Philip Tomasino were two players that didn't look like trash panda. So, yeah. You know, this was an issue for the veterans as well. I don't think players like Forsberg, I don't think Ryan Johansson, I don't think Roman Yossi settled into this game. And then when they went down so quickly, they really were back on their heels. Hopefully the deer in the headlights has worn off in game one and they can come out and kind of put aside the emotion of the playoffs and just play some hockey. So... I think if they can kind of get over that emotional hump of, oh, sweet Jesus, we're in the playoffs and we're playing the Colorado Avalanche deer in the headlight thing, I think they stand a better chance of getting to their game. I'm just not sure that they can execute their game well enough to beat the Avalanche, which I would not have said before seeing what I saw last night.
0: They, it it starts before you have to worry about how do you beat the Avalanche? Mm-hmm. You got to play your game. Yes. Like you have to do the things that you have to do well. Mm-hmm. And that I think is where the wheels fell off for the Nashville Predators. Look, beating Colorado is a tough task. Yes. We are not sh- shying away from that. Um, but the Preds also didn't make it harder for the Avalanche to get that game one win. They were very sloppy in their own end. We saw so many defensive oh, break. Gosh. Now. So Matias
1: Ekholm, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Awful positioning from a lot of players, awful kind of awareness on plays, stupid, stupid penalties that were avoidable that put Colorado back in an advantage. Mm -hmm. These are the things that, you know, you can control, you know, don't worry about, you know, what the avalanche are doing yet. Like what kind of strategy they're rolling out, who's on the ice for them, worry about the things you can control. And yes. it's, you know, when you said the predators kind of came out with the deer and the headlight looks, It looks like they were kind of too worried about what Colorado was going to do. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what made them focus. It's like one of those things where it's like, you know, you know, everybody knows how to ride a bike. Right. Like, you know, you get on, you right. just don't think about it. You just ride a bike. The minute you start thinking when you're on that bike, the minute you're like, well, wait, how is this working? How is this like, you know, well, you know, do I, am I pedaling wrong? Do I need to pedal mm-hmm. like this? That's when you lose your balance and that's when you fall over. The Predators kind of, I think, overthought this game. And as a result, yes. they were not ready. I, I'm not going to go out in the limb and say they played scared, because um, I don't know, maybe they... I don't
1: think it was scared. I I just don't think they... You know, it, maybe scared
0: is the wrong word, but mm-hmm. definitely like you could tell they were overthinking.
1: Yes, you know? they maybe, were tentative.
0: Yeah, they were very tentative. They were very, I think, lost in the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe
0: the, the right word to say it. Um If they fix that, if they can you know, play their game, play their game very, very well. And then suddenly you're locked in a a 2-2-3-3 game with the Avs late in the game and you find a way to win it and it's 1-1. All of a sudden, the complexion of the series changes like that. Mm -hmm. It's still going to be an uphill battle, but, you know, that is is your rebound. So for me, in game two, I'm just looking for the Preds to play well. And yes. you know what? If the Avalanche come out of it up 2-0, uh, if they win the game like 3-2, you 4-2 know, on an empty net, something like that, if the Predators play well, if they rebound, mm-hmm. uh, that's when I'm going to go, okay, you know what? They're going into Bridgestone Arena for game three. They're coming off a better performance. Maybe this game, some of the energy changes over.
1: Yes, I would agree with that. I don't think... You know, I don't expect the Nashville Predators to come out and defeat the Colorado Avalanche 7-2 in game two. Here's what happened last night. The Nashville Predators came in and played the worst game of the season. Hands down, the worst performance of the season. The Colorado Avalanche came in, and damn, are they a good team. And they executed so well. When you take a team's worst game and you play against a better team's best game or really, really good game. Maybe they made some mistakes. I couldn't see them. Um, This is what's going to happen. If the Nashville Predators can come out and play their game and execute their gameplay well, I agree with you. It's almost not about the score. It's about executing well, and that's what did not happen last night. And it's the only way you're going to be competitive against a Colorado Avalanche team that is as packed with talent as this team is.
0: So we got game two tomorrow, Uh, tomorrow morning on Locked on Predators. We're going to go more into some of the finer points of the game. What Mm -hmm. specifically do we want to see from certain players, Uh, lineup decisions, if any, uh, because I'm sure there's going to be a couple that's (laughs) under a microscope. Uh, Uh, And and so be sure to tune into Locked on Predators tomorrow for that. In the meantime, and where can the people find your work?
1: You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at Ian K underscore mama on ice.
0: I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com. If you're on Twitter, be sure to follow the show at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, share, subscribe, and also leave us a comment. Let us know your thoughts on last night's (laughs) game. Uh, We actually
1: really want to hear them. (laughs) We actually
0: do really want to hear it. And we also want to hear what you think the Preds need to do for game two. So let us know. Uh, in the comments, what you think about that? That's going to do it for the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Uh, and I have 30 more minutes left on my lunch break. Should have One more, one more for the road. Yes,
1: one uh, more for the road.
0: We will see you tomorrow, everybody. Take care.